0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that we can employ to help us grow in our faithfulness to God, to reach new heights, to excel still more. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about Parenting. If you are a mom or a dad, grandma or grandpa, or in some way have an effect on children in your life, I'm hopeful that this discussion will give you some very practical approaches to them that can help things go more smoothly in your home, which I'm pretty sure just about everybody would like to see. Our home is full. Uh, I don't know how orderly it always is or how smoothly it always goes, but it's definitely full. Summer and I are raising four kids. We have a 17 year old daughter. 15-year-old son, 7-year-old son, and a 5-year-old daughter. So we have every different form and fashion of drama imaginable. We have the teenage drama, the girl version and the boy version. We have the little boy with the ball that he's always trying to find. We have the little girl with the nail polish that too frequently finds its way onto our carpet. We deal with the entire tapestry of things. Now Summer and I made a decision a long time ago. First of all, that it will always be us against the world. We always stand together. The children have no chance of divide and conquer with us. And that's a good start to healthy parenting, mom and dad staying together and staying consistent. But we need a little more than that. You know, they still do things that they ought not do. And we needed an approach to that that could help us be consistent. And consistency is not easy. I mean, think about it. These children are all very different. You're talking about four different personalities, four different emotional breaking points, all that kind of stuff. And what's really crazy about it, and nobody told me about this going in, is that lots of times they'll just up and change on you. The personality of my four children, each one of them can adjust that just because they had a birthday or something. So how are we supposed to deal with that? Here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to be reactive parents. We don't want to be parents that are always doing it a different way depending on with which child we're dealing the rules are a little bit different for this one than for that one, and it changes as they change. We can't change what we're doing just because they change what they're doing, and I want to give you a couple of reasons why that is. We have some specific things to talk about today, but we need to lay this out here right off the bat. We have been charged by God, given the authority and responsibility to raise up our children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 Raise up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, first of all, raising them up means it's our job. Moms and dads, it's up to us. We cannot delegate the shaping of our children to churches or schools or peers or anything like that. And God has been very specific. He says, Not only is it your job, I want you to raise them in the discipline of me, and I want you to raise them in the instruction of me. In other words, I want you to teach them my authority. I want them to understand what authority looks like. I want them to understand what it means to conform their lives. No matter what stage of life they're in or how they feel about things, I need them to grow up understanding that they have to shape their conduct, discipline, to align with my never-changing will. Parents think very clearly and heavily about that. You're training them that no matter how they feel or change, They will shape their lives into the unchanging will of God, and they will understand that will. It's not some arbitrary will. They grow not only in the discipline of the Lord, but also the instruction of the Lord. They understand when young people grow up and become adults, they're supposed to understand God's will, what he's telling them to do and why he's telling them to do it, and they honor that. So mom and dad, that's your job. Your job is to discipline your children in a way that teaches them about the discipline of God. Now, here's a big problem with that. We just don't see enough of that. Honestly, we just see too many parents raising their children, teaching their children a form of authority that is not at all consistent with God's authority. Now, think about what that's going to do. Their concept of conformity is what you teach them. And what if they find out that the way God does things is totally different? How hard is it going to be for them to make that adjustment? I suggest to you it's going to be very hard. And this idea of connecting the way that we parent with the way that God parents us as our father, there are lots of great Bible passages for that. Hebrews 12 helps with that. Hebrews 12 introduces this idea that God will discipline those that he loves. He will expect them to persevere through trial. He will expect them to make changes in their lives. And he says, if I don't discipline you, you're not even truly sons and daughters of mine. But when I do, I do it for your good. Well, here we are as parents, and by the way, parents are mentioned in that chapter. Moms and dads are supposed to be teaching kids what that's like and how that works. So let's talk about how parents tend to get it wrong. There are two ways that parents get it wrong, because what they're doing is not consistent with what God is doing. The first one is, there's just way too much yelling. Mom and dad, please don't yell at your kids. I don't understand this need for outbursts, this idea of raising the volume to out-volume everybody else in the room, this idea of of getting upset and just spouting things like thunder clapping in the room to get your way. If I can just be honest with you, in almost every stage of life, the person who gets upset and has some outburst of anger, that behavior is almost always about them, not about the other person. And that's what we see in the home sometimes. Mom and dad get upset and they, they... lift their voices and they put a scowl on their face and they point their finger and they tell that child where to go. And what that's really about is appeasing the anger of the parents. It's about them sort of getting it off their chest and being done with it. Uh, the last time I checked, parenting is, is not about mom and dad. It's about shaping the children. It's about, and, and I want you to really think about this language today, it's about effecting change in the child. That's the objective. So we don't do the yelling thing at our house. In fact, I don't know, Summer and I have been married 21 years. I don't think we've ever yelled at each other, maybe raised our voice a few times, and we don't do that with our children either. Instead, we employ what is the name of today's episode, I-Level Parenting. That is E-Y-E-Level Parenting. When my seven-year-old talks back or says or does something he shouldn't do, I walk over, I kneel down in front of him, I look him right in the eye, and we talk about it. I ask him what he did and why he did it. Now, as you can imagine, there's some bashfulness and some shame on his part, but we wait that out. We don't give up. I want him to tell me what he was doing and why. I want him to communicate to me why I'm upset and why I have a right to be upset. And if there are consequences, he won't like them no matter what we say, but he will understand why they're happening And he will understand exactly how to avoid them next time. This is not a because I said so outburst on my part. This is about trying to raise him not only in the discipline, but also in the instruction. If my 17-year-old, if we tell her to be home at 1030 and she shows up at 1045 or 11 or something like that, what do we do? Well, I don't just say, give me your keys and go to bed. No, we ask her to sit down on the couch And we sit down with her, eye to eye, and we ask her what happened. Sometimes we find out that something happened outside of her control, and we deal with that. I wouldn't have known that, and she would have been really frustrated walking upstairs. Most of the time, it's because she did something unwise, or she didn't think it through. And so we talk about how we're going to deal with that. And she doesn't always like the way that works out, but she can't say that she doesn't understand. That she doesn't understand why we're upset that she doesn't understand why it's unacceptable, she can use that information and hopefully next time she'll do better. And she's a good girl. She almost always does. But look, it's not about whether I think she's a good girl or not. She just has to learn the idea of acceptable behavior and then learning to conform to it. And that's just a really important part of growing up as a person. And that kind of an understanding will really help her in her walk as a Christian. Understanding the way authority works in a way where authority figures are not only obeyed, they are respected. I mean, after all, there's a warning in the Bible to dads, isn't there? Not to exasperate or frustrate your children. There is a way that we can do this that while we may get the outcome we're looking for in the moment, it's actually so confusing and frustrating that it causes problems in the long run and a very sort of foggy, unclear concept of the way authority works with God. I don't want to be responsible for that. Now, you might listen to this thinking, oh, man, this is going to take a lot of time. Like, I've already got three or four kids running around. It's a madhouse. There's no way we can do this. Well, I'm here to tell you it might be the only way to do this. Having that kind of an authoritative, kind-hearted, constructive relationship with your kids, while it does take time, that's a lot of sitting there and communicating and waiting them out and talking it through. I've got some great news. Early plus often equals less. There's some good news for you. If you get this early, don't wait until there's a lot of things that get said that should have not been said. Don't wait until you've counted to, I don't know, 50 or whatever. We used to count to three. Now we just keep counting. Don't wait until it's become a bigger thing than it has to be. Early, as soon as that child gets out of line, you walk over there and you kneel down, you look them in the eye and you handle it. And you do it often. Often. You never let a time pass. They always know if they step out of line, they will be answering for that. And while it may seem like it'll never end, the beauty of it is after a while, they begin to understand what's happening around them. They learn to comprehend the consequences of their actions in a very real and personal way, and it becomes much, much less. In fact, there are some tremendous rewards if this is the way you choose to approach it. And just one more thing about this, this idea of anger and aggression and outbursts, I'm pretty sure that is not consistent with what you want them to experience in any other stage or place in their life. Do you want them to have a school teacher that berates them when they get upset or a school teacher that explains to them what went wrong and how to do it better? When your daughter grows up and marries someone, do you want her to marry a man she cannot talk to? a man who just makes decisions and drops the hammer and gets upset and outbursts when she disagrees? Or do you want a husband who sits down with her and talks it through with her and listens to her? When your children grow up and get a career, what kind of a boss do you want them to have? What standard of treatment should they expect? We understand respecting authority, but there's good authority and bad authority, and I think we need to teach them what to look for that's right. And as I said, most specifically, we want them to honor God for the rest of their lives. God doesn't yell at me. God doesn't have outbursts and thunder down from heaven at me. God loves me and communicates with me. God looks me right in the eye through the pages of Scripture, and He encourages me to understand my sin and what it does to Him. And He asks me to consider the consequences of what I've done. And He shows me a better way and the great reward of what can come my way through blessings if I do what's right. I understand him. I respect him. I love him. I want to follow him. Okay, so before we close, let's talk about the other end of this. And of course, that's parents that just don't discipline much at all. I know that mom and dad would have all kinds of reasons for that. You know, it's just the age that the kid is at at the present time, or they didn't get their nap, or I'm just really tired, or I'm not getting help from my spouse. I mean, I get it. Parents always have a reason For why things are going how they are, I'm just here to tell you that that is not the way it's going to be with God. When those children grow up and they are accountable to God, God is not going to say, well, forget about the consequences. Forget about me being upset. I know you're going through a bad time. I accept your sin. There will never be a time when God will just forget his promises to discipline. So if we raise our children to see that, you know, you can actually wear mom and dad out and they'll just give up, or you can keep bantering with them and raising your voice in return, and eventually they'll just quit and let you do what you want. If we show that to them, it may be an easy way out. But again, that's more about the parents than the kids. That's about mom and dad saying, look, I don't want to deal with this. I want the easy way out. But it's not helping our children because that's not the way it's going to be with God. I just have to tell you, I've been preaching for 18 years. I've dealt with a lot of families, had a lot of meetings with parents and kids, the whole thing. And what children learn in the home in terms of respecting wholesome yet strong authority and parents who give them the consistent picture of discipline that is consistent with God, the results they see in those children years later as adults, as they go out and raise their own children, well, it's generational. Generational. And generational faith is, I think, what we're all looking for. We want to see an allegiance to God that lasts. What I'm here to tell you is that starts with you. You will grow closer to your kids. They will be more obedient and easier to raise. And the benefits could last long after you've gone. If you want to see improvement in your home, and you want to give your kids the best chance possible to live their entire lives in allegiance to God, then be an engaged parent, but do it well. Raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord with some eye-level parenting. If you found this helpful today and you would like to support the program, there are three great things you could do. Make sure that you go to iTunes or the podcast app and subscribe, leave a rating, and also a review. That would really help us out. Don't forget to share with people that you care about. And remember, you can follow along on Facebook at the Excel Still More page. I hope you have a great day. And remember, whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Excel Still More.